Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listener and welcome to a special episode of the From the Finney podcast with George from Lanks Live, Ollie's back and me, Jake. In this episode we'll be discussing the future of the club, we'll talk a little bit about the head coach, uh, some potential Alex Neil replacements and a few other bits and bobs, so enjoy! Now then boys, how are we? Ollie, it's good to have you back with us. Um, yeah, I'm very upset, thanks for having yeah. me back though. No, anytime, mate. Anytime. Um, how's how's work life? Um, yeah, it's really good. Not having to watch PE on Saturdays. Um, <laughs> been watching a uh, European football, different levels. Been watching a bit of League One, League Two, bit of Conference. Um, mainly like Central Europe. Been really interesting. Learning loads. Good. Um, and yeah, not having to watch absolute trucks every week. It's been good. <laughs> Living the dream, and it's uh, it's just the start of the journey as well, isn't it? That's that's what we got to remember. Yeah, just the start. Ostender fourth, fourth in the in the Belgian league at the minute. Um, three or four games left, well in contention for the European space. Decent. Um, so yeah, it's going really well. Lot lots going on. Decent. Um, before we crack on, every podcast is a reminder, and this one's no different. If you want to support us here at From the Finney with a donation, just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney, and everything that's received helps to keep the pod and the website running. And as we said on yesterday's, well, Monday, Sunday's episode, it's massively appreciated. Ollie and George, can we get your takes on Alex's departure? I know, George, obviously you've written. Um, a couple of very good pieces for Lang's Live, but just in case people haven't read them, sort of what where where do you stand on it all? Uh, just a shame more than anything, I think. Um, guy that promised so much when he first came in, instilled a hope that we'd not had for a while, um, for it to end on such a sour note um, with the team miles worse off than when he came in and the team he developed them into is sort of a sorry state of affairs and everything you'd associate with North End in recent years, stability, um, sort of not going through a big overhaul is, is exactly what's going to happen now and, and no one really knows what's going to what's going to happen in the end. So uh, a bit concerning times at the minute for Preston fans, I think. Ollie? Yeah, I think George's piece actually summed up really well. Um Cheers, mate. Nice one. I think Adam Salisbury as well wrote a really good piece last week in Lanks Live as well, which I completely agreed with both pieces. Um, you look at the the team that he took over, I remember, I think it was a Birmingham away game. That stands out in the memory early on in his reign. I think it was 3-1. Just completely pressed teams to death. Loads of energy, loads of good attacking players, defenders who could play as well. Um and just very positive, obviously finished two points off the playoffs first season. Probably the time to back him. Um, didn't quite get that back in. I think we made a few dodgy signings, didn't really propel us. And then obviously fell away um, and then went top of the league about 18 months ago, didn't we? And we only signed Scott Sinclair yeah. uh, that, that January. So I feel like he was, you know, fighting with one hand behind his back, like Jimmy used to put it. Um, yeah. 
And then obviously it's ended like this. The podcast, we were sort of talking about this 12 months ago with the contract situation. Um, You'd see it coming, couldn't you? Yeah. And it's just all ended in a sour note. And I think this was this has been inevitable for at least three or four months. And just really sad to see him so deflated um, in the in the eye follow with Ben Rhodes. Um, I think everyone knew what was coming after that. Um, just hope he, you know, gets himself back involved as soon as possible because I think he's a fantastic coach. He, he develops players. Players love him as well, based on, um, you know, a few of the things that I've seen and I've heard. So, yeah, I feel like he's been really harshly treated. Um, and I don't think this is a silver bullet in any way. I don't think Frankie McAvoy is going to lead us to a 4-0 win in our next game. I don't think we're going to see pretty football in our next game. Um, but yeah, Just, just on that, that can, can, are we in a position that we can play pretty football if we wanted with the players that we've got? Uh, well, it's up to people to make their minds, but I, I personally don't think so. So would you would you say that it's more a case of having to be pragmatic and and doing the best of what with what we've got? Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I don't want to get into personal players, but if you look at the players we've brought in, you lose Fisher, Johnson, and not Johnson, sorry, Davis and Pearson. I think you're going to struggle to build up in the same way, um, and I think that's been proven. I've not actually watched many games since the Blackburn game, but. You know, from what I've said on Twitter, it's not been pretty. Um, but yeah, Alex Neil was a massive part of why I got so involved in the analytics and tactical side of the game. Yeah. Um, if he wasn't here, if it was still Grayson or, you know, someone else might not have gone down the same path. So um, very thankful to Alex Neil and just wish him all the best. Like I think a lot of people have done. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really add much more to that, to be honest. Um in terms of obviously, we just touched on Frankie McAvoy sort of being given, given the reins, if you will, until the end of the season, and obviously working with the team. Uh, Paul Gallagher, Steve Thompson, and Mike Pollock was uh, was also mentioned. What what are your thoughts, both of you, on on that? And I mean, I suppose the the million dollar question is: Do you think that it'll see us safe? Well, I think on paper, the only difference now is that Alex Neil isn't there. Than everyone else's. So I don't. I've never been in a football club in that player capacity, but I can't imagine that he's going to have too much of a. Things are going to change too much with with just him leaving. The person that's been by his side throughout his managerial managerial career is still there. So is there going to be that much change in in the last eight sort of eight games? I think maybe more than anything, Alex needed a break himself and to to just get away from it for a bit. Um, and North End, there was there was so much pressure for them to to take action um, and sack him in the end. But I just I think it screams of the club knowing they need to do something in the summer, and maybe they know what they want to do in the summer, but they can't do it right now. So this is the this is the option they've got, and they've they've gone with it and and backed Frankie. So yeah. he's yeah. I just can't see what's going to change. Um... You know, Frankie McAvoy's been Alex's right-hand man since since he started, I think, in the game. Um, that iFollow interview that he did today gave away a lot because he just spent five minutes praising Alex Neil. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be any different. I suppose we'll have to wait and see. Probably make a few changes. Might be a bit more positive. I think, like George said, 
Alex Neil needed a break. I think it was wearing him down. And I think he'll probably never admit that in public. Um, I don't think he's that kind of person, but I just think that was probably mirroring what we saw on the pitch as well. Um, Obviously, I've not watched the last few games, but you could sort of see it coming for a while. Um, I was going to say, you can go back even before the last few games, even when you were on the pod every week, mate, that the performance is reflected to an extent, probably the way the manager was feeling. Yeah. And I think he's been feeling that way since summer. Um, I think, you know, it's, I don't think this feeling's come out of the blue. I think it's been building over a long period of time. Um, you know, even, have, even in the press, his comments were getting more yeah. and more uh, tetchy. <clears throat> yeah. Obviously, not, we're not privy to what's going on behind the scenes, but, you know, Things probably did get quite tense at times. I know Peter Isdale came out in the in the LEP yesterday saying Alex Neil was the hardest working coach I've ever worked with, which I don't doubt for a second because you can see how intense he is. But maybe he sort of got to that point where, you know, it's got so intense that it's just, you know, had to come to an end. Um, Petrol tank's empty, so to speak. Yeah. So, you know, last eight games, I Alex Neil would, was never taking us into the bottom six. I said that all along. Um and, you know, I think, well, I don't know where we are in the league, about 16th maybe. There's too many teams below us. I know Rotherham have got games in hand, but then you look at the likes of Derby, I think uh, Coventry are struggling, Birmingham. You know, there's, there's teams below us that can't buy a win. Uh, I think Derby have gone six without a win or something now. Um, so we've got them, you know, them wins at, at, at Bournemouth, them wins at Brentford, but as an extra bit of um, breathing space. Um, so I think we'll be fine. I think the next three games are tough, whoever's in charge. Because the players have to take some responsibility as well. You know, the players have to take a lot of responsibility for me because how bothered are they? I don't know. They don't lose their job at the end of the day, do they? If, if yeah. the results are shit. Some of them just sign new contracts. You know, are they still putting the body on the line as much? Um, I don't know. Tough one, isn't it? Because I think... Um... I'm assuming it's widely known by fans that are listening, but obviously it was all over social media yesterday that there was a few players that were liking the uh, the post on the official club Instagram. And then on the contrary to that, you've got Alan Brown, um, obviously DJ when he signed his new deal, all sort of led to in the, in the post-match press. I don't know if it was with you, George, or not, but all sort of coming out and, and praising the manager and sort of, Backing him, if you will, um, but yeah, I think I think fo- football in itself is just a strange industry, and in that the people who don't perform are the ones that don't end up losing the jobs ultimately. Mm. I think that's exactly it. Yeah, I won't read too much into the likes and things. I mean, if you mm. if you've if you've been loaned out, if you've not been played, you're not going to yeah. love a manager, are you? It's like any job, I guess. But yeah, maybe not the most mature thing to do. No, exactly. People are gonna people are gonna pick up on that in this day and age in a flash, and um, so yeah, bit of a bit of a strange one that those who decided to do that. I think it will be interesting. I know Harrop. Someone said Harrop likes it. It will be interesting to see what happens with Harrop in summer because he can't even get any Ipswich side. I was going to say he's struggling to uh, to make an impact in Ipswich, isn't he? Yeah. Um, in terms of sort of moving forward, then the names leading the race, as far as the bookies are concerned at the minute, the, the top five, uh, according to the sack race, are Gareth Ainsworth, Frankie McAvoy, 
Michael Appleton, Neil Harris, and Grant McCann. There's a lot more names past that, and a lot of them look like they've just sort of picked names out of a hat and just dropped them into the list. In terms of replacements, where where do you think we'll go in terms of, do you think we'll look for someone up and coming, so to speak? Maybe someone like Neil Harris, who's got experience of this league, obviously took Cardiff to the playoffs, but struggled this season and ended up losing his job. Um, someone like Grant McCann, who's managed in this league before, but he's obviously in, in League One at the minute. Or like I said, maybe one of the, the sort of up-and-coming options, like someone like Michael Appleton, who has managed at this level before, but he's sort of gone away and taken a bit of time out from being a first-team coach and rebuilt his career, if you will, and, and yeah. has come back through through the leagues. Obviously, he's, he's at Lincoln now, but he's, by all accounts, did a great job at Oxford. Yeah. I think the key thing at the minute is just the timing. Because if you're looking at successful coaches, they're all going to be involved in playoff campaigns or, you know, seven or eight games to go in the season. So I don't think anyone's going to be, you know, making any moves at the minute. Um, so obviously interesting, James has gone in there. Who I'm good mates with. You sit on the town end together, went to school together. You know, I know him really well. Um, and what, what he did at Barnsley, not just in terms of player recruitment, but coaches, he had a very clear philosophy of what they wanted to do. Um, so obviously speak to him on a fairly regular basis, but I'm not sure if North End are going to go down that sort of, you know, as uh, extreme route. But I think he'll be, I don't think we'll be looking at the likes of, um, you know, the the merry-go-round, so to speak, um, in terms of manager. So, you know, he's a, he's a great lad. Um, he's very switched on. So if anything, it's happened too late for Alex that James has gone in there because I think we spoke endlessly about the recruitment as let Alex down. You know, now we've we've actually got the foundations of a recruitment policy in place. Um, got a very switched on lad in there who, who loves the club. Um, you know, I've got no doubt it'll do very well for us in terms of identifying players. I think it'll be, you know, more a case of finding a coach who'll work within that structure. Um, but like I say, I don't think anything will happen until summer. Could be wrong, but the timing just seems all wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, like you said, if there's... I don't know, a target who's pushing for the top end of League One and, and potentially got a playoff campaign. Are they, are they going to want to come and sort of join a club six, seven games away from the end of the season and looking down the barrel of a possible yeah. relegation fight? I don't think there'd be any benefit to any coach coming into no. this club at the minute. Um, and, you know, I know Peter said in, in the post, I think it was, he doesn't want a revolution, but I think we are going to need a revolution in summer. You know, the recruitment's going to have to change. We'll have a new coach and we'll have, you know, tons of new players. Um, so it's a massive few months for the club and they need to get it right because I don't think it needed to get to this point. Um, I think this was all avoidable, to be honest. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of pressure at people at, on people at the club now to get it right. Yeah, I agree with what you both said, really. I think someone like Neil Harris could have gone and got him tomorrow if you wanted him. So, yeah. Why would, they, why would they wait until the summer if you were if there was someone out of work that they wanted you surely you'd have gone and got him right now even with how difficult um, the, the sort of situation is at the minute so I think yeah. it all points towards someone in work um, who's doing alright at the minute because I don't think you're going to get someone with a CB like Niels who's took someone to the Premier League I don't think you're going to 
get someone like that. So you need maybe there's not, there's not many out there, is it, there? It, no, exactly. So In, maybe, interesting, uh, interesting point that because I think Peter went on record as saying they did want someone last time they appointed who did have experience of promotion. Yeah. Um, so well, that, that was what they did getting out of League One as well. Obviously, getting Simon in that that yeah. was the plan. Was to, to be honest, to I don't think us. I don't think that's necessary. Um, so you know, like you say, there's not many out there anyway. But um, I think going down sort of a more head coach development route um, is going to fit into a structure um, will, would would suit us quite well, and I, I expect that to happen. Do you think we could go foreign? Just be so out of character for us as a club. I'm not. Yeah. People have said they like to re- recruit from this country if possible, and I, I can't see any sign that that'll change. Yeah, yeah. I'd be really surprised. Yeah, I, I I don't think so either. I think there's a lot of good coaches in League One and League Two. Um, you know, there's a lot of good young coaches there. You know, are we a stronger position now than when Alex Neil took over? I don't think so. I think the squad's got a lot of work needed. I think the club doesn't have many saleable assets at the minute. Um, I think it will be, you know, pretty much a rebuild job for a new manager coming in. Um, start, start from scratch near enough, isn't it? Yeah, whereas I think Alex Neil didn't really start from scratch. I think, you know, Simon Grayson over time built quite a solid, you yeah. know, hard work inside. I think Alex Neil just had to put a few, um, you know, develop players and put a few of his own in there, like the likes of Fisher and Bauer, you know, brought through Pearson, brought on Robinson, made Hugel an animal, you know, developed Greg, developed Ben Davis, you know, got the best out of Galley, um, brought Barkey on, like you wouldn't believe, brought Alan Brown on. And then, you know, we, we were 11th heading into January. We were 11th. We just beat Coventry 3 you know, We were 11th, five points off the playoffs. Um, so it's, it's going to be a big ask to get another manager who can do that. I, I don't think it's going to be that easy if people think it is. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of good coaches out there. In terms of, obviously, you mentioned there that there's there is a lot of good coaches in League One and League Two. Do you think the same can be applied to a coach as it as it can to a player when they're making the jump up from that level to Championship? Yeah, absolutely. I think underlying numbers are massive for me. I know people aren't that interested, but you know, having worked in the game for a couple of months, I know you know that's a, a massive part of recruiting managers um, as well as players. So. You know, if a, if a manager's got a team performing well in the underlying metrics at League One level, he's, if, he's, if he's a good age, if he's interested in player development, if he's got a record of, you know, bringing in players and selling them on, um, playing, you know, high-pressing, attractive football, then you might as well give them a shot at the championship because at the end of the day, they can put the basis down. It's up to the players to go and put the ball in it. Yeah. You know, if the underlying numbers are good, then you've got a good coach. Um so I think you can quite easily gauge which coaches have potential to step up. Um, I don't think that's, I don't think that's too hard. Obviously, every coach is going to be a bit of a gamble, um, especially if it's his first time. But you know, someone like Michael Appleton or even Grant McCann, they do have experience at the level. Um, you know, Grant McCann, you know, that horrific second half of the campaign with Hull, but he, he did well with Doncaster, and he's you know he was harshly treated by Peterborough. Um, and he's done well this season again with Hull. So he'd be one. Michael Appleton, obviously, was at, was at some horrific clubs at horrific times. And like you said, sort of rebuilt his reputation. Um, you know, he'd be another. So, And there's a few more. There's one at, at Blackpool who I think looks quite an interesting 
Liverpool under-23s to Blackpool, playing good football, developing players. Um, so you can go through a raft of names like that. Um, and then, you know, as long as they fit into a club structure, you could give them a chance. Yeah. In t- obviously, it's been... We've just spent the last 20 minutes talking about it, but elsewhere it's been mentioned that we are sort of looking to move down this head coach role. How... How do you think that'll affect the club in terms of the philosophy? Do you think there will be sort of like a change in terms of, right, this is how we want to play and we need to find someone who can come in and play that way? Or I said it on yesterday's episode. Um, or do you think it'll be a case of it's up to the manager to play how they want and everyone else at the club, Peter and James and whoever else, will then sort of focus more on the recruitment side and, and look to maybe find players that fit in with the style that the manager wants or they'll have a certain type of player, a certain profile of player that they'll bring in and then it's up to the manager to get the best out of them. How do you think it, it'll go? Um, not so sure. I'd be interested to see like if you did a list of how a manager compares to a head coach and how Alex Neal was working for the past couple of years, I think he might have been working like that anyway. I mean, doesn't have much say in off-the-field stuff. Pretty much his domain was getting it right on for a match day. I'm not sure how much difference, you know, if he was still here and he said, right, he head coach now, would, there, would he actually find it that different? Hmm. I think it's just going to be an interesting dynamic. Obviously, Joe Savage has left. Um and, you know, James has gone in there, but I think they're quite different in terms of what they probably are doing at the club. Um, I know people will mention the Barnsley thing, but I think that's a very extreme example. Um, you know, they've, Barnsley work as a sort of an ownership structure and they've got, you know, similar ideas across the clubs. I think for North End, I would like them to go down that route. I would love them to go down a route of having a club identity, you know, high-pressing identity, developing young players, player sales, player trading, let's be honest. Clubs like us need to trade to be self-sustainable. We're losing money. The accounts came out a few weeks ago. You know, we are losing money badly. We're very reliant on Trevor Hemmings. I think the best way to get around that is having a sustainable transfer uh, sort of strategy to, to bring in players and sell them on and make no, make no bones about, about that. Um, rather than sell them on and then bringing in sort of League One players who you can't sell on because that's left us now with very few saleable assets. Um, So I think going down that route will be quite exciting for the club. Um, I don't know if if they will go down that route. I hope they do. But, you know, I think any manager who comes in will naturally want to have his input on things anyway. Um, It's just, I suppose, like George says, Alex Neal, I'm not sure how much responsibility he had apart from developing players and coaching, which I think that's his passion anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Obviously, Frankie McAvoy's been named interim head coach, hasn't he? Whereas Alex Neal was a manager, so that probably does signify a slight change. Yeah, I suppose it's just a waiting game to see what what that change is going to be over the coming months and years. I guess um, I was going to ask about the head coach role and how it would differ from a traditional manager role, but I think we've just covered that off anyway. But what, to you, are the, are the pros and cons of going down this sort of head coach role that we just mentioned? I think I think the whole 
head coach versus manager thing is, is overdone. Um, I think it just sounds like you're doing a bit more exciting stuff if you sort of go down a head coach route. But, you know, I think behind the scenes is, you know, stuff does need to change behind the scenes. You can bring in a manager and call him a coach, or you can bring him a coach and call him a manager. It don't really matter. Yeah. You know, as long as stuff behind the scenes is the same, we might still struggle. Yeah. Because um, development has been the biggest issue at the club. You know, player development and signing good players, that's been a major issue. Um, and, you know, with the new setup or however the new setup's going to look, that's got to be the main aim at the club, I think. Because you can bring in any number of managers, but if you don't get recruitment right behind the scenes, you know, if you don't bring in players that you can develop, then you're going to be left sort of with a League One sort of standard squad um, if you're not careful. So it's an absolutely massive summer for us. We've obviously got the seven loans going back or however many it is, six, five, six loans. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And obviously whatever happens with Chad Evans, Greg Cunningham. Um, and then you've got other players who might come back in from the cold, Stockley, Harrop and the like. So... There's loads of question marks, and I think the the recent sort of performances will just you know highlight even more how some players probably aren't good enough. So a head coach is one of these modern terms that people sort of love, and but how much difference does it make, make really? And man, you're going to pretty much have the same responsibilities at the end of the day. I thought the point on assets was quite good. I think that makes it even worse when you you get about ten percent of the value of the assets back for like Pearson and Davis, you can't afford that really. Um, especially in these times. Yeah. yeah definitely. If you look at the players with Soul Jake, Hugill, Robinson, Cunningham, Pearson, Davis, Fisher, they've all been sold under Alex Neal. It's fine selling them, but A, sell them at the right time so you can get maximum profit and B, invest in replacements who yeah. you can then, you know, carry on sort of on the conveyor belt you need a proper structure there and hopefully that's going to happen. Um, I feel like we've been forced into it a little bit, but if it does happen, then fantastic. But in terms of sort of under 23s, who we can develop and sell on, we've only really got Ledson, Reese, um, and Bayliss, I'd say. You know, in terms of under 21 minutes, obviously we've got no under 23 academy or, or squad. That's another area where you know, north end of lag behind. So yeah, that that was going to be my next point was how how important do you think it is for the future of the club that we do sort of move to bringing in whether it's an under twenty threes or scrapping the academy and moving to a B team like Brentford or whatever it may be. How important do you think something like that is for or would be for the future of the club? I think it's massive, like. That's that's where Alex Neal started with these young lads. They were all 22, 23. And then it got to a point where you needed to get guys in who were ready to do it now. But now we're back to the start again. And that method's worked before. I don't know how hard it is to repeat, but that's what people like to see. Um, when you can't, If you can't splash millions on proven players and get, get exciting players you maybe not heard of before who were the other teams might not look at it. We're, we're going to give the fans something exciting to watch and you can bring on because uh, that's where we are now, but pretty yeah. much back to square one. Yeah, we're back We're back to clearing the decks after Wesley and Grayson coming in, but obviously we've not got to the Grayson coming in bit yet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the costs associated with running an under-23s team, but 
with I mean Rovers have picked two of ours up in the past year. One of them, the other one's doing really well now. So I know I know I know our academy isn't on paper as good as other teams, but there's players so there, isn't there? Yeah, two of them have gone to Rovers and are doing well for their under. Well, one's doing we won't mention because it's boring, but and then the other one's doing well for the Tyree Stolen. Tyree Stolen doing fantastic. Um, yeah, cheers. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I buy the under twenty three thing as much as like others. I think you can have the under twenty threes, or you can recruit good young players and embed them into the squad. Yeah, I think if you're doing neither, that's when there's a problem. And we've been yeah. doing neither. You know, we've been signing the likes of. 25, 26, 27 year olds from League One with very little ceiling. And then that's how we've ended up, I think, where we are now. Um, so, yeah, I think Alex was sold down the river a little bit, but, you know, everyone will have their own opinion on that. Um, could, could another coach have done, manager have done better? 100%. You could have dealt with the situation better. Um, but, you know, I think he'll learn from it. He's not perfect. His mood probably did overtake the whole thing and it probably was the right time to part ways, but. I think, like I said before, like there's no silver bullet with sacking Alex Neal and then yeah. becoming a top six side because we don't have a top six squad or we we have nothing near a top six squad. How how important do you think this sort of next appointment is for the club then? Because obviously, just touched on there, could could a different manager have done better? Yes, they probably could have done, uh, especially towards the latter end of Alex's time here. But in terms of moving forward in the future, how important do you think this next one is? Because we're not we're not a club that sacks people, well, managers like willy nilly. Obviously, Alex was here for knocking on four years. I think Simon was here for four years. Uh, well, Alex Neil's the first manager that's been sacked, you know, since Graham Wesley. Graham Wesley, yeah, which is, must be nearly on ten years now. So, um, yeah, I'll say it again. For me, behind the scenes is as important as the the, the manager. Don't know how you and George feel about that, but. I completely agree. If if you've not got a structure that is conducive to a club moving forward, then it's all well and good bringing in a good coach or a good manager, but yeah. you're not giving them the right tools to do the job then. Well, you know, we've got a good training ground now. Hopefully we're going to set up the new recruitment. You know, we're very intelligent individuals within it. Um, clear the decks in summer and go again, you know. That's all we can hope for, really, at this stage, I think. And hopefully it's an appointment that gets fans excited, gets fans back in the ground, obviously, in August or September. Yeah. Um, and then start afresh, because I think everyone just feels very flat with the club at the minute. I think we've, we've said it, all three of us, and obviously Jim as well, when he's been with us, that sentiment is one of the worst things in football. But do you think there's maybe an argument to maybe look more at someone like Michael Appleton, who's got that connection with the club. I think Ollie Dawes at Deepdale Digest has written a piece today, sort of going down a similar line, that something that might make the fans feel a little bit more connected with the club. Ollie's shaking his head. Um, <laughs> I've, not, I've, not, I've not watched Michael Appleton's teams every week for like the past few years or anything, but looks like a decent, decent coach, decent guy who's doing a good job and, Lincoln, by all accounts, play some decent stuff. He's words that he worked with uh, Leicester and West, 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 West Brom, Brom as West well. Brom, yeah. Yeah. He seems to be, have a good, decent pedigree compared to some of the other names. Um, oh, they'll probably know a bit more about him than, than I do. 
Yeah, I just don't think having a, a link to the club is a is a is an important factor. Um, would you rather have Pep Guardiola or Michael Appleton? <laughs> <laughs> just just while you make the point on sentiment, I think obviously Gareth Ainsworth comes into the equation when you're talking about that and just a little bit surprised at how many people are sort of certain that they don't want him to be considered or or given the job and I can see why people would be reserved about it, but any he, he'll always a guy like that will always be a risk. Um but he's done a great job at Wickham, back to back promotions, they've outplayed us three times this season. I know there's a lot about the style of play. I'm not sure what else you meant to do with a sort of squad like that. And I, I don't think the football's been too bad on the three times I've seen them this season. He's working with what he's got. Um I think any manager would find it tough to keep that squad up in the championship. Full credit to him for getting them up in the first place. Um, and I don't know if we've got to the sort of stage where we've had a manager like Neil come in who's got a championship promotion on his CV, feels like he's took the club to the next level and, and then ends with it's sort of being perceived as that would be a step back because he's not got a championship promotion. He's a bit flamboyant. He likes his rock music. He's, he's long hair, sort of dress sense. And I don't know, I think... You'll never know whether that would work, you know, if it would come off. And you never will do until a club like Wickham says, you know what, we'll take a punt on him because he's doing a great job um, and he deserves a chance. Uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if Preston did go for him. I'd love to see them do it and it come off. I think it would be brilliant, you know, to go and watch a Gareth Ains, uh, sort of support a Gareth Ains with Preston team every week. I think they'd show you everything you want to see. Uh, from your team, but there is a big sort of risk factor with that. I'm not sure whether it'd come off. So, yeah, have to see what happens. But maybe Ainsworth just deserves a little bit more credit than than maybe some people are giving him at the minute. Last last point then. What 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 is it that we need in the summer? Like, how big is the overhaul that's coming in your opinion? Just in, just massive. Like, new manager. Don't think you could argue against. 10-plus players leaving, 10-plus um, coming in. So, yeah, I can't wait for the summer. I'm going to be really quiet and, and put my feet up. Uh, <laughs> Maybe but, sneak yeah. a holiday in somewhere, George. Yeah, it needs to, it needs to be done, though, doesn't it? I, th- I just think if you look at our defensive players now, how many would get into the top league one sides? Not many. How many? <laughs> Greg? <laughs> Would he? Greg, maybe at a push. I think I think defensively there's major, major work to be done. Um, not just in terms of being able to defend, but being able to build attacks as well. Because I think that's a massive part of... Obviously, Darnell Fisher wasn't rated by many. Um, but Ben Davis, we all know. There's no question marks about how well he could develop the play. Ben Pearson sitting just ahead of him. You know, Paul Gallagher on occasion sitting just ahead of him. So that, 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 that side of our game with those three core players... You know, Davis, Pearson and Gallagher going has completely changed how we can play. Obviously, Ben Whiteman's similar, but he's still bedding in and, you know, he needs good players around him. So, for me, we need at least a couple of centre-backs who can play and we need a couple of athletic full-backs who can attack. Um, We can probably work around the midfield. You know, you need need a new striking department. Obviously, Nugent's gone. That's been done to the death. Malt's going to go. Stockley hopefully will leave as well. Out wide, Billy Bowden's going to go. You know, Anthony Gordon's not sure what's going to happen, but 
probably you know, go back to Everton. Well, he will go back to Everton. Yeah, Whether Josh, he comes back here is another another question, isn't it? Josh Ginelli will leave the club, so... Josh Harrop. Josh whether, Harrop, he, whether he'll yeah. get another chance or not, we'll obviously wait and see. So for me, the defensively, we need probably five or six defenders um, and then probably build from there for me. But I think there's going to be, you know, like Josh says, into double figures of players coming in. Yeah. It's, a massive, it's a massive job. Yeah, and it all starts with the manager, whoever that's going to be, or the head coach. Um, yeah, I think unless you boys have got anything else you want to... Want to add or you want to say? Well, yeah. people, um, you know, people close to Alex have listened to the podcast in the past. Um, just like to reiterate, like, he's done an excellent job for us. Um, you know, his seventh, uh, what was it, 14th and ninth. He had us top of the league. He had us in the playoffs most of last season. He had us dreaming in the first season. And let's not forget how good we were, you know, before his best players got sold. So, yeah, just like to put that on record, like, and I'm going to support whoever whoever he manages next. I'll keep an eye out and I'll get you a shirt for your birthday next year. Thanks, pal. <laughs> um, yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you very much. And thank cheers, you, listener, for listening to episode 49 of the From the Finney podcast. If you enjoyed it, give it a share, tweet about it, put it on Facebook. Yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you.